Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. And this is Pretty Over Perfect. We are two former neighbors and current best friends who know that perfection is an illusion that could easily keep us from living our best lives. We are here to discover the goodness in the messiness of real life and find joy in the everyday by embracing simplicity, creativity, and a little sparkle. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Michelle. And hello. Welcome to all of our listeners to another episode of Pretty Over Perfect. Michelle, it's been rainy over here today and it actually feels a little bit like fall. And I know how you feel about this season. It's a little iffy for me. A little iffy, but what it does encourage me to do, the the colder weather, is bake. And I know we both love baking. Indeed. <laughs> I haven't even turned on my oven all summer because it's been too hot. So today was like the first day I turned it on, which is, it is actually exciting. It is. It is. And my oven is finally fixed, so I can now turn it back on just in time. Just in time for the cooler weather. Um, and this type, time of year and the, the cooler temperatures kind of inspired us to bring on a professional baker to give us all of her tips and tricks so we can implement those things when we're baking this this um, fall and winter season. So Very exciting. Yes. We should have had indeed. her last year when we pretended we knew what we were talking <laughs> about with cakes and the whole time we were referencing her. Which Jessica yes, will tell you yes. who she is. In just I will a minute. tell you who she is. But yeah, all back then we shouldn't have been pretending that we knew everything about cakes because who really knows everything about cakes is Sydney. She's a real pro and she's right. going to talk to us today. Right. Okay. Let me formally introduce Sydney. Sydney Nielsen is her full name and she's my little sister, two years younger than me. So we really grew up side by side. Like she's the sister. I can look at her in any situation and we know what each other is thinking we have to be careful because we'll, we'll go into those laughing fits really really easily anyway very close to this sweet sister of mine she's a wonderful mom to three kids ages five three and six months before having babies she attended culinary school and then worked at a local bakery for four years she eventually left the bakery and made custom cakes primarily wedding cakes with a handful of stunning birthday cakes. Oh my goodness. On the side while staying at home with her little ones. Last year, she started her latest adventure called The Cake Club, where she creates a new flavor of cake each month and sells it by the slice to local friends and family and people she doesn't even know. Um, along with baking, she loves running, traveling, trying new restaurants, and spending time with her family. She blows my mind with her confectionery creations and savory bakes. She's talented in every aspect in that in the kitchen and is my source of inspiration and go-to girl when it comes to trying new recipes. Welcome to the podcast, Sydney. Wow, thank you. I am so happy to be here and to talk about baking with you fellow bakers. <laughs> wow. Need- Did you really just throw us in that category? <laughs> Absolutely. We're very much amateurs compared to you, but we didn't go to culinary no. school. That's cool. What was culinary oh. school like? Was that fun? It seems like it'd be it, fun. It was fun. Yeah. That's like kind of before I got into baking. It's when I just started to learn to like cooking. And that's where I learned some knife skills and um, like how to cut an onion. That was like one of the main takeaways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I got some great recipes there that I still use. So it, yeah, it was which a good one? experience. Um, oh, I know bit, which one. Yeah. Biscuits. Yep. My biscuits. Those are you like, guys, yeah. They are so good. Oh, will you share them, the recipe with me? Yeah. Maybe I'll have to 
share the recipe because they are really good. Okay. Okay. So. We've already got something for the show notes, friends. Yeah, okay. Sydney's go. famous biscuits. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love learning from people who went to culinary school because everyone I don't know. Culinary school just seems like it's full of like the tips and tricks, the knife skills, and like even ha- how to handle dough and all of these things that mm-hmm. are maybe not necessarily intuitive for people who like cooking right. and baking. But, you know, those are definitely skills that can be what's the word that I'm looking for? You can really work on honing those skills. And so I love hearing from people who actually like went to professional schools for it because they always have fun tips and tricks that I'm like, oh, yeah. It was fun to, you know, you learn like more of the technical side of things. So that was intriguing and fun. So the technical side of baking is very intriguing to me because I feel like I'm more of like an intuitive baker and I know things from experience, I suppose, and kind of understanding a little bit of the science behind it. But I've picked up some of the cookbooks or baking books that are really into the science or the technical side of the kitchen. And I'm always blown away at all of the elements that are going on. And I'm like, Oh, never thought of that. So I feel like I feel like learning that would definitely increase my skills in the kitchen. So I'm excited. to Yeah, (laughs) it is. It is very scientific. So that's, that's right up your alley, Michelle. (laughs) I know, I know. I do love that. And I tell my kids all the time, baking is science. And you know, you're making chemical reactions. And that's why recipes matter. I think I feel that recipes matter a lot more for baking than for cooking. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what you're cooking. But in a lot of ways, like if you, if you change, if you just start playing around with the ingredients and baking, you might get something completely different. Yeah, than what you were expecting. Absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is fun. And it's actually fun because my daughter is like learning how to bake now. And, you know, she has some kind of hilarious mishaps in the kitchen sometimes. And I'm like, well, yes, if you add extra liquid that the recipe didn't call for, you know, you're going to get a pudding instead of a cake. (laughs) Um, That kind of thing. But it's always it's part of the learning experience. And really, what's the harm if if you mess it up in the kitchen? Yeah, then you learn something. You learn something about how the science is working. Exactly. I think that's a good bridge into our our first question here. Yes. Can you tell us in general, what are some things that you brought from your experience in a commercial kitchen to your home baking experience? Like what's something that you learned in culinary school or in a commercial kitchen that you use every day now still at home? Yeah. So the main thing from culinary school, like I said before, was probably the knife skills. Like, I don't know, we learned a lot of, you know, all the different cuts, but I, I maybe I should show you guys how that how they taught me to cut an onion because that was kind of life changing for me. <laughs> it's like so much faster. I hated cutting cutting onions, and I still do because they make me cry. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's just like way more efficient, and so that was that was definitely something I took away and use daily. But from the bakery. So my main job at the bakery was cake decorator. So I would be doing like all the birthday cakes and special orders and stuff like that. But I would also, you know, frost cupcakes and decorate eclairs and other desserts. So I learned a lot of things about decorating cakes. And that has helped me a lot in my own personal endeavors, like how to cut the cakes to be level. That was, you know, a huge thing that I learned there. So tell us how. Yeah. So I know I don't use one of those tools, which 
I, I never have. So I don't know how. Um, the ones with like a string. Yeah. The yeah. Levelers. And a handle. Yeah. 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 I've never used one. So maybe it would work better. But basically, it's hard to explain. But basically, you take the cake and you put your hand on it and you take the knife. The knife has to be like a serrated, sharp, good knife. And the cake needs to be like a little bit frozen. Mm-hmm. And then I just go, I just come in at it. Like, <laughs> I'm not explain this. And then, so like, while, from one side. Yeah, one side, you come in while you're like kind of twisting the cake until you like have twisted the cake all the way around and the cut is completely through the cake. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's different. Than I, I do. yeah, I okay. normally have like a frozen cake and I like turn it on its side, <laughs> which makes oh, me a different yeah. idea. <laughs> me too. Um, I'm like, I'm going to try this this way. That sounds <laughs> probably better. <laughs> you know, that's, whatever that's really gets the cake idea. level, then hey, if it works, that's great. But that's how they taught me to do it there. Okay. And, cool. you know, they taught me things like how to fix it if it's lopsided. So, you know, like if, if you get the cake assembled and then you're like, it's leaning, you know, that happens a lot to me personally. <laughs> so I was like, that happens to me every day. So what do you do? <laughs> yeah. But like something they would do um, is they would take like a little bit of cake scrap, you know, like that you had mm-hmm. cut off the top. You just take a little mm-hmm. bit of it and you kind of wedge it under the one of the layers mm-hmm. to to kind of correct itself so okay. i don't know i just i thought that was kind of an interesting way to to fix it it's just well, like a little piece so it's not like you're gonna get this huge bite of random cake but yeah yeah okay i've i think i've done that a couple of times but every time i do it i'm like oh a professional would never need to do that <laughs> well there you go michelle <laughs> no they do it's totally okay they taught her so now <laughs> all yeah. the past I know. So I feel like yeah, keeping those little pieces together, or those little pieces to wedge, is always a great idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. But yeah, they. I also learned how to use a piping bag, which you know they can feel a little awkward at first. So I I learned a lot there with piping. Um, how to make like a border on a cake, how to write on the cakes. We would have to write happy birthday on you know almost every cake, and how to make like a frosting flower. And these are things like I still use. So they, yeah, yeah they're, they're things that I, I use a lot when I'm making cakes. So okay. fun. Let me bridge that to our next question. Sydney, what are your, what are some of your best tips or hacks in the kitchen? Maybe if they're beyond those that you've learned in your professional experience in the kitchen, any thoughts? Yeah. We kind of talked about recipes with baking and this might seem obvious, but I feel like one of my number one tips is to read the full recipe before you start. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if it's I've just me. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I guess I'm glad I'm not the only one. But I I feel like I used to just start, you know, just like get going before I would read the steps. And sometimes on step four, it's going to tell you to whip the egg whites separately. And if you didn't read it, you already threw the whole egg in the cake yes. or in the Guilty. in whatever you're making. <laughs> so. Yep. So yeah, and I really believe that anyone can be a good cook or baker with the right recipe and practice. I just yeah. feel like it, you know, if you read the recipe and you follow the steps, like it'll it'll work out. That's what I think. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've read I've started on recipes and then at step 4 find out it's like, "Oh, chill this layer for 12 hours." And I was yes. planning on serving it in like an hour and I'm like, "What the heck?" Um yeah, so reading the whole recipe is very much a good idea. And you're right. I feel like yeah, finding 
sometimes even for beginners, finding a cookbook or an Instagram or somebody that you feel like you really understand what they're saying can be so helpful. Because then as you read the recipes, then like you can learn through experience what what you're what it is you're looking for, like what do whipped eggs egg whites even look like and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and through trial and error, eventually you'll know exactly what you're expecting at each recipe step. And that always feels good. Absolutely. And we live in a day where we can Google anything or we can follow different cake decorators or um, pastry chefs or what have you on online. Which maybe, maybe Sydney, we can answer this question right now. Do you have any blogs or cookbooks or any Instagram accounts that you like the most? Besides your own, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Right. laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like there's so many good resources out there, especially right now. I So first I'll say what really fueled my passion for baking is this website called Craftsy. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. Craftsy. Where you like pay? Do you pay? Yeah. And like, this was like, very, very, very beginning before culinary school. But I like, I found I stumbled upon it. And they're like little classes where professional experts come on and teach you like a specific skill or a specific like which ones? So did you take that you liked? Yeah. So that's where I learned how to make French pastries, croissants, tarts, even where I started learning how to make cupcakes and different like fillings and flavor combos and um how to like do the cupcake swirl that was like before I started in the bakery and but it that's what like started me to loving baking and especially like pastries and stuff like that and so that was a super good resource for me I have no clue if they are still around or I think they, I think they have an app oh do they now so yeah I, I think that they are even more improved since then yeah They're very much so- around that That's was definitely, cool. yeah, that was, that was a fun time of life for me. And, and also on there was a chef named Zoe and mm-hmm. I, she has an Instagram. Her name is Zoe Bakes on Instagram. Oh, and I love her stuff. Yeah. Me yes, too. Yeah. And she was one of the teachers on Craftsy. That's how I first found her. No way. Yeah. She's and, even got her own show on Magnolia Network now. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and she cool. she's just great. Like everything she makes is beautiful and elegant and she gives like lots of great tutorials and does, so if you're looking yeah. to make like something elegant and a little bit out of the norm, she's mm-hmm. a really great resource. Was hers the pavlova yes. recipe that we made? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. She does I was gonna really say. good pavlovas. Yeah, I feel like I really love her pavlova recipe and i've made it many times and felt very successful from her teaching yeah yeah and i know that that's that can be something that's very intimidating to people and whenever they feel intimidated i say oh just check out zoe bakes recipe because it's very (laughs) yeah it's very straightforward i don't know i think she is one of those people who's very good at communicating what you're looking for and that's that's really helpful just yeah, someone who can communicate well what they have learned in the kitchen. Yeah, Remember exactly. when you came and visited me, in Sydney, in Portland? Yes, and we, and tried we whipped <laughs> we whipped the eggs for probably one hour and oh, nothing literally. happened. I'm surprised your mixer I'll never didn't burn out. That mixer. <laughs> what was wrong? Do we remember? Gosh. Oh, I don't remember, but I feel like it was. We tried it. We tried something else again in your mixer, and the Bosch. Yeah, but I don't. Couldn't have been your mixer. It's 
even if you have like a teeny bit of fat in your egg whites, they will not whip up. So there could have been like a little speck of butter or egg we'll yolk. I don't know. We'll call so. it that. It was frustrating nonetheless. But anyway, Zoe Bakes, Craftsy, any other thoughts? Yeah. Another yeah. one that I feel like is really helpful, especially for people who are maybe just starting out um, or maybe you have been baking for a long time and she's a great resource baking with blondie she has great recipes for how to elevate a cake box mix cake mm-hmm. mix box how do you say that <laughs> yeah um yeah so she, cake mix. <laughs> she yeah she has a whole cookbook about cakes with using box mixes and i've tried a lot of them and they're really good so she's a good resource for kind of like a simpler more doable type of cake so yeah yeah, that's fun. I uh, sometimes like to look those up when my kids have requested like some kind of elaborate decoration of their cake. And I'm mm-hmm. not quite a pro. So it's going to take me a while <laughs> to get that part. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what, we're going for a boxed cake mix to get us started. And then I can freeze the layers more quickly because just can't do anything without your layers being frozen, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And I feel like hers they don't even really taste like you can't tell and so yeah i, I feel like has, they're really good yeah they really are and there's nothing wrong with cake mixes you know so no there really isn't if, if that's your thing then this is just a way to like i don't know try it out and see if you like it even better yeah totally you have more time to decorate when you don't spend hours making the layers that's just that's true it's yeah. true yeah <laughs> okay so all right so we've talked a little bit about cakes and special occasions but how do you make baking part of the way you feed your family? Do you always bake certain things for the week or are you more of an occasions baker? So I don't know. I feel like baking is a big part of my family. Even, you know, like the family I grew up in, like me and Jessica, I feel like we grew up baking and cooking and being in the kitchen. And I don't know. It's just like a way to spend time together and like bond for our family. And I feel like it's kind of carried over to my own family and my kids love baking together. And it's kind of funny because I feel like it's almost automatic now that when they hear the mixer going, they'll like run over and ask for a taste or ask to lick the spatula when I'm done. And I don't know. I just, I have a feeling that maybe that's something I'm going to miss when they're older, but who knows? Maybe they'll still be doing that when they're adults. (laughs) I will come yeah. over and be like, I want to taste. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the mixer. That's so cute. Do you bake things with them throughout the week, like regularly if you're not baking cakes? Or like Michelle, I guess Michelle asked, or are you mostly just baking for your cake days or um, birthdays? Yeah, so I I definitely love when there's like a special occasion, like a birthday or, you know, some type of a family dinner. But you know, it gives us an excuse to make something a little more exciting, a little different. But as for like every day goes, I, I feel like we will make a treat on like the weekend together, mostly like cookies, because that's something my kids always want to make. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like we'll make something on like Fridays or Saturdays. But yeah, like when I'm making my cakes, I I usually try to do that when they're not, not necessarily around, around <laughs> yeah. because I I definitely try to keep that totally separate. So, yeah. 
that's yeah. and it's easier and it's almost like it's a it's a therapeutic thing for me to just put in my headphones listen to pretty over perfect while i'm baking that's say, what i did today i hope you're listening to us <laughs> i definitely am but yeah just you know kind of be in my own zone and it's, it's just like some me time so but i also do love baking with my kids it's just a little different so yeah i like that i like that because it's very real baking with little ones is not necessarily therapeutic but it is bonding and messy and so i like the idea that we can kind of have both if we plug in certain types of maybe more technical bakes when they're asleep or at school or napping and dive into some cowboy cookies on the weekends with them sydney is what's what's your go-to cookie that you like to make with your kids is this cowboy cookies that's that was our go-to growing up Oh, that would be my go-to, but Molly's, my daughter, is very particular about, she just always wants chocolate chip cookies, so. No, I can't no. blame her. I mean. <laughs> I know. They're the tried and true, you know, they're always there for you, so. <laughs> That's usually what we gravitate towards. Sometimes, you know, she'll like to make, I, I do have a, a cookbook, it's like a Magnolia, it's a bakery in New York, and they have lots of yummy looking cookies, so she'll find the pictures of ones she thinks are pretty, which usually involve like sprinkles or something like that. So <laughs> of course. <laughs> but but I also will say I I've given my kids occasionally like free reign to a dessert like or a cake and to be able to just decorate it. And I will just never forget the pride and like absolute joy on their faces when they got to just be creative and independent. And I don't know, it's just I think it's important too to just kind of let go of the expectations for things to be perfect and when kids are around and or you know at all (laughs) and um just kind of let them explore let them be creative and I don't know I was actually quite impressed with my daughter's piping skills but yeah that was pretty impressive I don't know she just picked up from like watching me or like she watches you yeah sometimes I'll give her the the leftover frosting in the piping bag and she'll like practice on a plate and I don't know, that's, that's, you know, just different ways like that, that you can give your kids independence and um, let them kind of try things out. It's, you know, it's good for them. Totally. I, I love that you said that there's, you know, a time for bonding and then a time for like me time and doing it for yourself, if that's something that you love. Cause I think that, yeah, sometimes if you are really looking or for me, I know that if I'm really looking forward to the process of baking, letting the kids in on it might be kind of more stressful. But having times where it's like, you know what, we're going for pretty over perfect. It's not it's not going to be amazing necessarily, but we're going to be learning together. We're going to be having fun. We're going to be enjoying this process. And then, yeah, whatever messes or mishaps happen happen and we're not going to worry about it too much and then those are actually like the really fun times that that we get to that are really memorable far more memorable maybe than the the other times where everything went perfectly <laughs> yeah uh, right. exactly yeah or so there's a time for both of them incredibly mm-hmm. strict and irritated and yeah how dare you crack the egg yeah. like that and That's everyone ends up crying a positive yes. memory. <laughs> oh you got eggs and everything or the, <laughs> the shells is what i mean you got shells and everything um yeah oh those can be trying moments it, for sure really so you just can, have to yeah. know you have to know ahead of time like i'm letting go yep. there's gonna what be your expectations are <laughs> take a deep breath <laughs> yeah okay 
lovely thoughts. Let's shift a tiny bit and let's talk about healthier things. Sydney is, she's a very healthy individual and she's conscious of that. So very balanced. She loves to indulge, right, Sydney? But you also are conscious of putting healthy things into your body. So what are some healthy things that you like to bake? Or savory meals? Yeah, I definitely try to, you know, keep a good balance with all the baking that goes on around here. (laughs) It can be a little hard. But um, but I honestly find so much joy in making my family healthy meals with good, wholesome ingredients. And I don't know, maybe it helps offset all the sugar that they sneak. But it, I don't know. It's a, there's just something like uh, satisfying about that. But another recipe that I learned in culinary school actually is one of my go-tos is a butternut squash soup. Mm. And it's super simple. And it's so good and so cozy. And so I really like to make that one. It's really healthy. Is that the one with just a few ingredients? Yeah. It's like seriously so simple. But it just tastes so good. And and I love that it's simple. You know, it just it doesn't take a lot of time and it's it's easy. So that's one of my favorite healthy go-tos in the winter. But another thing that I found last winter that I really liked. I guess I'm feeling like since the weather's getting cooler, I'm gravitating towards we're these things. We're leaning. <laughs> to saute apples in a little bit of coconut oil and cinnamon. And then you eat that over some Greek yogurt with a little bit of granola. And Ooh, it, was, it was so good. Like a little fall warm. I don't know. It was just, it was yummy. And I liked that recipe that I found. And then another one that is my definite go-to all year is it's like a healthier banana bread recipe from a blog called Cookie and Kate. I'm sure you've made it, Jessica. It's, uh, yep, she's my fave. Yeah. So she has a lot of good, healthy recipes. She's a good resource for, yeah, for healthier. Really good. Yeah, she's also got oh. vegan and vegetarian options, but mm-hmm. even her sweet bakes are healthy but still really really hit the spot yeah Ooh, i'm gonna need some of those i've been thinking about making my kids like banana bread to take to school because i want to bake them bread (laughs) anyways um, i was like there's probably like a healthier banana bread that they will enjoy taking to school look no farther yep yeah it's a really good one i will find it (laughs) you should okay any other healthy bakes um those were my main ones i've been thinking of you know what that reminds me of sydney is our baked apples that we made growing up where you would just core the apple sprinkle in some cinnamon and brown sugar Mm -hmm. and um, put a tiny bit of water in the bottom of a baking dish and bake it for i don't know how long like an hour (laughs) 20 minutes an hour (laughs) it takes forever (laughs) from 20 minutes to an hour (laughs) somewhere in between there and it's so like apple saucy it's still like held together but you can cut to cut it with like it's a knife soft, and yeah soft and warm yeah that so good yeah. i yeah. love um i love grilling or cooking fruit because it makes it so much sweeter but then you don't like i mean i guess in that recipe you added a little bit of sugar but you don't have to add yeah, so much you don't sugar. have to yeah i feel like like your um granola with the sauteed apples sounds amazing and this summer for dessert a lot we would just grill peaches and plums and things like that just right on our 
barbecue outside and I just always felt like it releases the, the mm-hmm. sugar and mm-hmm. makes everything so much more tasty, but you don't have to feel like guilty about it at all because it's it was just fruit <laughs> to begin yeah. with. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. We did pineapple pineapple last night. Yeah. Actually. Did drizzle a little bit of honey over the top. So uh, added a little bit of sugar, but not even needed. So yeah. okay. Great thoughts, great resources. Yes, and that brings me to my question, which I guess it's almost like going back to the beginning, but what are some of your favorite tools in the kitchen? Is there anything you swear by, anything we all need that will make our baking experience more pleasant? Yeah, okay, so having the right tools is huge. I'm sure you guys agree with, you know, the baking you do that, like, having the right tools is just a game changer. Yeah. And... I mean, I know I've, I'm focusing a lot on cakes because that's, like, my main thing. But mm-hmm. making a cake without the right tools is just it's just not going to work very good, you know? Yeah. So my number one thing would probably be a turntable mm-hmm. for cakes. That's, like, definitely necessary. And um, an offset spatula is really helpful. And you can find these things even at Walmart. They're not... They're not even super expensive. Maybe like, I don't know, 20 to $30 for like a basic turntable. Mm-hmm. So I think I got mine at Walmart and I think it was much cheaper than that. Even. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. The Wilton yeah. brand. It's pretty affordable. Yeah. Yeah. I actually feel like Walmart has like an amazing baking section. They have great yeah. pans. They have, yeah, they have all of the tools. They have diff- all different kinds of dyes. If you want to color your frosting. Yes. I mean, they really have... That's like probably my number one place to go because Michael's or some like craft store also has a lot of that stuff usually, but I feel like it's like twice as expensive and Walmart has the same, the same selection, I feel like. So. Oh, absolutely. I've noticed the same thing. It's much cheaper to get at Walmart and they're like the good brands like Wilton, you know, they have the name brands there. So yeah. And also like the, a cake smoother, you know, it's like the long metal tool that you used to smooth the whole cake mm-hmm. it's like a That's, spatula or like a no it's like you know that rectangle it's just like a, it's rectangle. Like a rectangle okay yeah yeah like and a scraper yeah like a scraper cake scraper sure you can get that for 9.49 at walmart 9.49 there you go <laughs> 9.49 exactly <laughs> um it's like a putty knife but for cakes yeah and so piping bags would also be another one i would recommend so like ziplocs they're okay when you're in a pinch, but it is no, no, night no. and day difference when you <laughs> when you use a real piping bag with piping tips. Yeah, what, what does it matter the brand or anything like that, or what do you um, gravitate towards? You know, I get my um, piping bags from Amazon in like a bulk, big roll. But okay. I know even Walmart has like the Wilton piping bags, and should I look those up too? Just kidding. <laughs> Oh yeah, we need to know. Well, we can we can put them in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just all already on the website. But um, for piping tips, like Wilton has a lot of good piping tips, or Ateco, I think that's how you say that brand. But those are my other those two brands. I feel like are really good. So yeah, that one piping bags are a game changer if you're trying to pipe things. And another thing that I feel like is very helpful. And this has to do with, um, like, cooking or baking is a silicone baking mat. 
Um, I don't know if either of you guys use those. But I don't. Oh, really? I, like I used to surprised. have one. I know. I just donated okay. mine because I wasn't using. Wow. It. Okay. So maybe not your guys' favorite. <laughs> well, like teach us for what, underneath what you like cookies, what are you, what are you using it for? Just on so on the cookie sheet, mm-hmm. I just put anything on it, and then it just doesn't stick. So yeah. you know when I'm making like scones, you put them on that, or even like you're making French fries, and you just put it on that, or like chicken. You know you can. I just it's feel like, like it's just such an easy cleanup. You can just throw yeah. it in the dishwasher and then the pan's not all like, you don't have to let the pan soak to get all that yeah. um, burnt okay. stuff I'm, off. I feel convinced suddenly. I know. I'm I take like, it I'm back. Get a new I don't want to donate them. <laughs> Guess you have to go I, back to the DI. <laughs> I feel like I got like some of them in the early days and, and I feel like mine couldn't go in the dishwasher because I obviously would have done that. Anyways, oh, I feel yeah. like I, I need to try again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And time. Yeah, I definitely put mine in the dishwasher. If I don't know, sometimes I'm like, if it can't go in a dishwasher, it's just not worth it to me. That's <laughs> so, how yeah. I feel. I'm like, if I have to hand wash this, what's the point? Because <laughs> exactly to avoid that. So yes, I think I will try that again because that does sound amazing. I have been scraping out a lot of pans lately, and then as oh. have I. <laughs> it's well, because well, we need well. the silicon baking mat. We need the silicon baking. You do. You really do. Try it out. Let me know. Also, you okay. know I love things that you don't have to replace. Like I was like thinking the parchment I, paper. Yeah. Because yeah. I just ran out and it's like, am I ever gonna remember to get that? Or am I just gonna be frustrated <laughs> for the next ten times I try to bake something? Probably. That is so true. Yeah. Okay, any other tips here? The only other thing that is kind of on my list that I was thinking about was a thermometer. Um, yeah. so yeah, you can you know, thermometers are super helpful with you know meat and also caramel or you know anything you're making uh, meringue you know that where you have to get it to the right temperature mm-hmm. and it's just so much better than trying to do it by like look so yeah. I, I feel like that one's kind of a necessity too yeah don't have that either like ten dollars at yeah. every grocery store yeah and they very affordable nice. They are nice, too, because sometimes, yeah, when you go to make caramel, like the last time I went to make caramel, I was using the thermometer and I was like, oh, boy, I would have I would have thought this was done quite a long time before it was actually yeah. done and it would not have worked. And then that's just yes. a bummer. So worth especially the as the holidays are kind of around the corner. The holidays, yes. Grab the one thing I can do by look or feel because my mom and I would make it growing up is like toffee, like almond roca. Oh, yeah. But that's because you put it in like ice water and see how it hardens up. And then, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's but, what our dad does. Which is fun. It's fun. But I only know how to do it for that. And yeah, if I'm trying to make a caramel or anything else, I'm, I'm lost. So I need the thermometer. Yeah, it really is super helpful. And I've, I've like messed up so many caramels before using a thermometer. And it's just, yeah, it just saves a lot of headache so yeah and that's the one thing where it's like a lot of butter and sugar so it is kind of a bummer when you mess it up yeah yeah it's kind of expensive (laughs) yeah okay sydney we want to talk cake because that's your that's your specialty but before we do that like we were saying soup season is kind of here and you actually do a lot of bread baking and i want to take a minute and i want you to talk about bread because baking is also bread. 
Yeah, it is. I, I do love baking bread. Um, you know, I've, I definitely jumped on the sourdough train <laughs> along okay. with, you know, everyone else. But so I, I like <laughs> making sourdough because it's like that good hard crusted bread, which I feel like is super good with soup. But yeah, I mean, I love making rolls. Okay, so I hear you guys have an amazing breadstick recipe. Will you share it with us? Yeah. Or will so, you tell us about it at least? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, ever just like growing up, we used to make these breadsticks. I don't know where they came from, actually. but Emily Ballstead. Oh, that's right. If you're out there, Emily, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We're forever grateful. Yeah, she was a neighbor. <laughs> so yeah, it's like not very many ingredients. Uh, you just mix it up, knead it for a minute in the mixer, and... Then you roll it out on the counter and, you know, we use like a pizza cutter to just cut the strips and mm-hmm. then you, you dip them in melted butter and mm-hmm. put them on a cookie sheet and sprinkle them with garlic salt and Parmesan and they, they're just so good. They get crispy from the butter and they're perfect to go with soups or, you know, pastas, anything. They're just a really good recipe. So that's one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Sounds so good. And my mouth is watering right now as I <laughs> think about them. So definitely going to make those. I do feel like yes. it, it can be such a nice way to, well, get the kids involved when you're making mm-hmm. dinner. That can be something that they do. But also, yeah, it just makes, I mean, I love a good soup, but it just really makes it so much better when you have something delicious like a breadstick or a really good crusty bread to go with. Just makes oh, it yeah. feel like a whole meal. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Yeah. Any other bread recipes that you can think of, Sydney, that you've... Yeah, actually, another childhood recipe is Karen's Rolls. My Aunt Karen, she mm-hmm. perfected Karen. this roll recipe. We make it every Thanksgiving, and I'll make it occasionally throughout the year when, you know, we have a, a family event. It's just, they're they're so good. I don't know, probably because they have sugar in them. <laughs> they have sugar, <laughs> milk, yeah. butter... They, but they they are so good. So that's one of our favorite go-tos for rolls. We'll just link all of these because we're not shy. We like to share. Oh, yeah. We'll link all of these. Everyone, the everyone should have these. keep the deliciousness. <laughs> nope. No. No. Nope. No. Yeah, we very much should share that. So, yeah. And then I another thing that I've done, too, with making French bread or baguettes is if you take a little um, spray bottle I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have done this, but you can fill it with water and occasionally you just open the oven and spray water in there and it creates like a steam and it gives your bread like a really nice crust. So yeah. that's kind of a fun, you know, easy way to get like that. What are you spraying? The bread or like the oven? <laughs> <laughs> You're spraying just like in the oven, like a lot. So it's just like you can see the what steam. Do you mean? Like hit the bottom of the oven? No, with no the spray? just like open it. Keep it straight and then just spray. And I don't know. It's That's another trick I learned from a, a bread class. And I don't know. It just makes them crusty. Do you like to egg wash those kinds of breads? or I don't. No. I don't egg wash those ones. But egg wash is another, another good way to get a nice shine. It's not quite as crusty. Okay. Yeah. When, uh, when I w- took a baking class in Paris, they sprayed all the croissants with water. Before oh. they put them in the oven, they like, yeah, they just like sprayed them down with a spray bottle. And then I've made a French bread recipe where you just, the directions were just to pour like a cup of water into the oven 
right when you opened it up and put the bread in to bake. And it just created that mm-hmm. nice steam bath. Yeah, same so, idea. Oh. Yeah. Well, I learned something new, friends. I had <laughs> no idea. People were spraying their ovens with water. Yeah, it's all the rage. <laughs> <laughs> okay i love the i love the bread talk because it makes me excited for soup season and cozy hygge season yes but let's talk cake sydney i know we've been just like waiting for this this All part right, of the conversation let's do it. okay um you started a cake club let's let's tell everybody about that because that's fun and also if you're local to utah county you can pick yourself up a slice from her yeah. in person but anyway yeah. tell us about cake club Yeah, so this is kind of a new thing. I started last year. I guess it's almost been a full year this fall, which is kind of crazy. Fun. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Yeah, but it's it's been really fun. So and what I do is I just I come up with a new flavor every month and then I just sell it by the slice, you know, box up one slice and because you know, sometimes people don't want a whole cake (laughs) and but it's fun to like try different flavors. So I feel like this is a good way to get that little cake fix without having a whole entire cake. And my, my whole thought process too was how can I like turn my passion for cakes and baking into something that's like making others happy and like bringing joy and like, you know, you can give a box to a friend or a neighbor or someone who's having a hard day. I don't know. So it was just kind of my way to like use my passion to you know, make something out of it and have a creative outlet. And yeah, it's been really fun. I it has been that. very fun, Sydney. I've enjoyed tasting. I've enjoyed buying a slice for myself. And I actually have also enjoyed giving a slice away. I like to try to order two when I can so that I have one specifically for somebody that, I don't know, I pops into my head or that I know is struggling or could just use a little extra happiness so yeah i, I love, love your that. mission yeah. i sadly don't get any cake from cake club <laughs> but maybe next time i'll try time my visit to coincide with the cake club but i have had your cake it's amazing and delicious and one thing that i feel that you are really good at is your flavor combinations i feel like yeah like you try flavor combinations that i wouldn't necessarily be bold enough to attempt and yet you just make them really good i mean that's yeah, that's just really good. <laughs> that's very nice of you. I, I actually feel like that is one of the most fun parts about this is, I don't know, this is going to sound like kind of nerdy, but it's one of those things that like keeps me up at night because I'm like, oh, I can make this. I can make this. Like, I, I just yeah. feel so excited about it. And it's just fun to like think of new flavors and to put it into action and see it come to life. So what inspires you to like try certain combinations i honestly i like to like think about a dessert for example or like a Mm. a candy bar or i don't know something that kind of inspires the the flavor combo with i like to add in a lot of times like an element of crunch or you know some sort of filling that's like a little bit different so for example like last month i did peach crisp because i that was like one of our favorite summer treats Mm -hmm. growing up and, I made it on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was one of our favorites. So I was like thinking about how we could how I could make it into a cake. And um, you know, so I did like the the oat crumble that you put on top. I, I made that and then 
just put it in the center of the cake with like a peach compote. And yeah, so it, it's just fun to think about things that aren't cakes and make them into a cake. <laughs> so I guess that's yeah. where I get my inspiration. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I think before I, I made some kind of Mary, maybe berry cobbler type cake with Jessica one time. I can't remember yeah. if you were like exactly what it was, but I had definitely not had a lot of, I mean, I guess that they're kind of your typical fruit cakes, but I'd never really tried anything like that. And it was really fun and it tasted amazing. And it, you're right. It's so fun to take a different kind of recipe and then put it into a little bit different form. It just kind of opens up an entire world of possibilities. Yeah. yeah. It, it really is fun. I like that you draw it from things that already work. You know, yeah. like a Twix bar, the, that caramel, the chocolate and the crunch, like that works for a reason. So let's kind of reinvent that using that as inspiration in a cake. Your cake this month, though, I mean, would you like to talk about where you were inspired, how you were inspired by the flavor or should I? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was so, my idea, guys. Yes, I should get a royalty. It oh, OK, <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. <all> yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I put up a poll on my Instagram because so I, I naturally gravitate towards like fruity cakes. So that's like usually what's on my mind is a fruity flavor combo. But I know like, you know, probably 80% of people would go for chocolate. So I, I have to think about how I can incorporate chocolate every once in a while. So I was like, okay, this month has to be a chocolate cake. So I, okay, I always now ask, I'm like embarrassed that it's actually really just that it was simple. It's oh, now I'm no. embarrassed because you'd think it was like elaborate. No, this is as basic as you could get as far as cake flavor. Keep going. No, I I always text my sisters and I'm like, okay, these are what I'm thinking. What would you guys add? What do you think? And so, and yeah, Jessica added cookies and cream because I, I had a few flavors. I was going to ask the people, the people on the Instagram people. what they would want. And so cookies and cream won. And I was like a little disappointed because I'm like, well, that's so straightforward. Like, what am I going to do? So, yeah, Jessica actually helped me think of the elements of this one. And so I I baked the chocolate cake into an Oreo crust. So, you know, we put the I put the Oreos, the Oreo crust at the bottom of the cake pan, pour the cake back oh, batter man. over it. And then okay, I love this idea. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And it, thank yeah, you, Michelle. <laughs> she is truly amazing <laughs> i forgot i actually did that sydney i'm feeling really cool right now you really are you you really saved it this doesn't month. get overcooked no it doesn't <laughs> i i thought that it would like I, I was a little nervous about what if it you know burns the crust because usually when you make an oreo crust you put it in for like seven minutes yeah but it really works the moisture i think the moisture from the cake batter yeah protects it somehow yeah and it gave it like the perfect amount of crunch and that Oreo flavor. And, and I feel like it's just kind of a fun way to make it different. And so, yeah, that's, that's this month. Um, okay. Wait, say the other elements really quick before we go into your oh. cake tips. Yeah. So you got so, Oreo crust, chocolate cake. Yeah. Chocolate cake with an Oreo crust and then a cookies and cream frosting, which is, you know, I just, uh, Top up the Oreos really small, so they're almost like a powder, you know. And then you add that to the frosting. It's like a cream cheese frosting. And Ooh. it, yeah, it just tastes like an Oreo. And it's just yummy. And then I drizzled Is there some white chocolate? Yeah, I drizzled okay. some white chocolate in between each layer. And 
you know, finished it off with a white chocolate drip and some Oreos. So mm. it turned out it turned out to be a so fun good. one, actually. So well, dang it, I can't get a cake slice, so now I'm gonna have to make myself this. Now you have to make a whole cake. Amazing. Darn. <laughs> well, you should make it. Yeah, you should try it. Okay, yeah. that I love the idea of the Oreo crust, and if you say it won't burn, because that's I've always thought of that, and I'm like, well, the cake cooks for so much longer. I guess what's the worst that can happen? You just try it, right? And yeah. that sounds like amazing for. I agree with you that adding a little bit of crunch, some texture, can be really nice to a cake, or to add to a cake. And now that I've done that, I feel that you know if I don't add any kind of crunchy texture can be a little lackluster so yeah that's such a great idea for i feel like even elevating like a boxed cake mix or something like that just adding a little something special of putting a oreo or graham cracker crust in the bottom if you're making like a vanilla cake could really make a very exciting the sky is the limit our wheels are turning oh yeah yeah and even like like last winter i made a like nutella cake and I'm going to tell, I don't even know how to say the word. What's the candies that has like the Nutella in it? It's like the Ferro Roker or something. Rocher. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then I, I chopped up those and put them in the layers. So you can even put, you know, like mm-hmm. chopped up candy or yeah. like candy bars, you know, and it just adds like a different element. I just feel like it makes it that much better. Yeah. I feel like. One of the things I did all the time with my kids' cakes was just even a layer of M&M's adds so much, I mean, more sugar. But that, like, (laughs) crunchy bit in between the layers is really fun. And it's, like, a fun surprise that, you know, a lot of times people don't know is there. Yeah, surprise. Surprises are delightful, Michelle. They are. They're so fun. We're all about delight. And if you put it in, like, the frosting layers instead of (laughs) baking it into the cake, if you bake it into the cake, right, like, you're going to melt and they kind of get lost. But putting them in between the layers... Anything you put in the layers is just, it's going to take it to a whole new level. Yeah, it really is. I, I think that's a great way to just elevate your cakes a little bit. Yeah. Hashtag, it's all in the layers. <laughs> and in the okay. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so true. I absolutely agree. Let's hear, Sydney, your best tips for the average baker who might want to make a birthday cake extra special every once in a while. Give it to us. Okay. So my number one tip, the most important, I'm sure you guys can guess it, is to freeze your cakes. Can you walk us through how to do that? Yeah. So I bake my cakes the day before. You could do a couple days before. And you let them cool out of the pan. And then I just wrap them up in plastic wrap and stick them in the freezer. And then when I'm ready to decorate, you pull them out. And maybe for like five to 10 minutes. So they're still pretty frozen, but you can, you know, cut the top off. So they're not impossible to cut through. But yeah, and if, you know, that's just something that I feel like is necessary. If you, I don't know, I just feel like trying to decorate a non-frozen cake is just a headache and usually ends up like the crumbs are everywhere and it's falling apart. So I just feel like that is super important when you're making a cake is to freeze the layers before. Yes. Whenever I watch those baking shows where they're like on a horrible time limit, it just stresses me out so much because I'm like, they can't even freeze the layers. Like how on earth are they going to make a seven tier wedding cake? (laughs) 
Seriously. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that is not even practical. That's not even fair. <laughs> and guess what happens? Every time the cake's like sinking and falling. And They're it's like, like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like, you did a freeze. This cake. works at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> freeze the layers. I do feel like that is honestly like such a game changer. And it's so nice too, because if you're making a cake, the whole process can take a bit of time. But if you can separate that out by a few hours or even a couple of days, it makes the process a lot simpler so that's a huge tip yes it is just like so great in so many ways it makes your cake easier to deal with but also makes the process i feel like a bit easier to tackle so yeah yeah and that's actually one of my other tips is to make elements ahead of time if you can so like the cakes and freezing them make them the day before if you have a filling like a crumble or something like that that can be made ahead of time, like the day before, and then you can put it in an airtight container until you're ready to use it. And just anything that you can do to take away the stress when you're on a time crunch. I just feel like the day of, if it's like a party, you have so much you're doing, you know, there's so much going on that to start from square one with a cake, like that's going to take you a long time. So if you can do parts of the process ahead of time, then you're not going to feel as stressed and it's going to be a much more pleasant experience. So I, yeah, I feel like that's just super important is to just make things ahead of time and help yourself out that way. Great. Totally. Love that. So ultimately for a birthday party, let's say you want to be like frosting your cake that day, or can you do it the night before the day before? Do you have any advice on that? Yeah. So I really feel like it's best to frost it the day of just for like optimal freshness. And I I just feel like it, it's just best to do it the day of. But if you do it the day before, I I think it's still going to be fine. I, and I've done that before and it's worked out. So if it's easier for you to do it all the day before or even the night before, like it's, it's going to work out and it's still going to taste great. I just like to do it the day of because I, you know, I want it to be super fresh but if it's something that i don't have time for that day then making it it's better to have a finished cake yeah and it's still gonna be great than a fresh one yeah 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 Yeah. and if really you're just doing the assembly and the layers that's not as much time often when i'm having like a birthday party i will do the i will frost the cake in like the middle of the night (laughs) so it's not the not the whole that's thing, dedication she does well, that i don't mean she, like the middle of the night like i go to sleep and get up i just mean i stay up like that's my time to get in the zone and, that's like, when she's the doing the technical stuff away yeah, from I'm the like, children that's right that's right i'm like, oh, gonna get out of my kitchen while i work on dyeing this frosting the right color um yes so that's just been my method lately but you're right the the closer to party time you're assembling the cake, I feel like is is nice. But when you do all of the other elements ahead of time, that can really help. Yeah. And like I said, if you're making it the night before, I don't know that you'll even notice the difference. So it's yeah. Just do what make, you can. Do yeah, what's make best. things easier for you. So and right. another another tip is to do a crumb coat. And mm-hmm. that means that you after your layers are all assembled, you're gonna do a base icing. So you're gonna ice the cake. And, you know, scrape it so it's kind of smooth. What but does scraping it, mean? So using the cake scraper tool, or if you have an offset spatula, you can, you know, flip it vertical. I'm doing it, but you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you're you're gonna just kind of take off the excess frosting so it's kind of all one how do I say this? <laughs> like just like so, a thin layer of frosting. Yeah, so it's like a thin layer of frosting. Yeah. And, and then, you don't mind if it has crumbs in it. No, it's the crumb it's, coat. Yeah, the purpose of it is to lock in those crumbs so that they're not in your final coat of frosting. So you do that crumb coat to lock in the crumbs, stick it in the fridge for like 10 minutes, and then take it back out and do your final coat. And then you won't have any crumbs in your final coat. So mm. that is, yeah. I feel like, a really important thing too. Absolutely. And nice. another thing to do is to get at eye level with your cake. So kind of, you know, bend down and make sure you're looking right at the top of the cake to make sure everything's even before you start frosting it. <laughs> Good idea. So you can, yeah. If you need to get some scraps, then you get yep, some scraps. Stick the scraps in there. On it. <laughs> Use a yeah, scrap exactly. wedge. <laughs> yeah. Another tip is, so you guys know what like shelf liner is. It's like that it has like holes in it. You put it on your shelves to, so things don't slide. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I, I like to cut a little square of that and stick it on my turntable and then it keeps the cake board from moving around while you're frosting it. Cause okay. I, oh, I need okay. a little bit more clarification. Is this under the cake? Is it under the <laughs> turntable? Okay. So it's under the cake board on top of the turntable. So you stick the shelf liner on with tape. Oh, I have literally oh. always used frosting and it doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's bef- it's before the cake board. So you stick the cake I board know, on I know, Sydney. I'm telling you. I you use frosting. <laughs> frosting on my turntable. Oh, I, <laughs> I do it too, but this really? definitely seems like a much better idea. Oh, table. girls, use the shelf liner. You'll be happy. Because <laughs> yes, I, so, I know, I'm like, one? theoretically this should work, but no, it doesn't. Everything's like <laughs> That is so funny. No, that's <laughs> very resourceful of you. <laughs> No, it's totally fine. This is why we called you on. Um, do you use the same piece every time? I do until it um, starts to fall off or, you know, because sometimes the, the tape stops working so well or oh, like it gets sticky. frosting on it. Yeah, I'm okay. sticking it onto my turntable with tape. I'm sorry. I've literally never worked with that material. Oh <laughs> so it gosh. comes with like a peel off? No. No. Off. no. Oh. You can oh, buy it gosh. at like Target okay. in the... Um, well, I know what it looks like, but yeah, I just it's never a roll. Used it. But yeah, yeah. you don't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't have sticky stuff on it. I just use tape to stick it down so it doesn't move, and then I stick my cake board on there while okay. I'm decorating because you know sometimes the frosting when you're trying to move it around it moves the cake off the turntable and can be very frustrating. yeah. It, it definitely does. Yes. Yeah. So this is just a way that it just keeps it in place and okay. Yeah. I mean, great. This is yeah, a genius and, tip. <laughs> And also with the shelf liner, I like to use that if you're transporting a cake in the car. I put it under my cake box and it keeps the cake from sliding around in the car because it just sticks to that shelf liner. It's just, you know, shelf liner. Who knew? Wow. <laughs> we don't really use it for shelves, but we sure no. use it for cakes. It's not for shelves. I just threw away so much shelf liner because I was like, <laughs> well, I lined all the shelves, so <laughs> I did not know I should have been keeping it around for my cakes. Okay. I know. Who, who would have thought that yeah, it serves more than one purpose, not just for shelves. So great. Okay. And then any more tips? Yeah, my oh, yes. my final Keep on tip. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, this is like my exciting thing to talk about. But um my final tip is that there's always a a bad side, a backside to your cake, like 
it's not going to be perfect. So just, you know, make a good side and then the other side goes in the back. So people don't have to see that. And because there's always going to be like a little seam for where if you're, t- if you're using that scraper tool or a spatula, it's going to meet up somewhere. Right. So mm-hmm. that can be the back of the cake. And if you don't have to just keep going around and around and around yeah. and around because you'll yeah. never have it seamless. Exactly. It, yeah. I love this tip. I remember Jessica told me that this was your tip and I was like, oh, thank goodness, because <laughs> I just have spent so much time trying to get rid of the back of the cake. And it's nice to know. It's just fine. It's just a part of it. It really is. Okay. And it's okay. okay. So you, Sydney, you make, uh, you say there's never a seam or there is a seam, but there is never a seam on your cakes. I'm sorry. I, I, I there see is. That. Well, it's because it's in the To back. me, there's not. That's fine. <laughs> to me, there's not. Your sides are always like so perfectly smooth. And you got me acrylic discs for my birthday. Okay, that you yeah. put can you talk about those and kind of teach me again how to use them because i cannot figure it out yeah well you know what's funny because it helps having the it helps to make the sites yeah it does but i mean i don't use them and oh. i mean <laughs> i i have like i've never had the acrylic ones i only bought them for you and you never use them give those back <laughs> just kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> teach me how to use them yeah no it's i've used like cake boards before and the whole idea is you put the the same size cake board on the bottom and the same on the top and then you put the frosting on and you use your spatula to kind of match up to the top and bottom board so that the the frosting is the same thickness and yeah it just makes it really sharp edges okay do you freeze them or put them in the fridge like that so take them off when the frosting is hardened yes you would put it in the fridge at that point and then you can take like a little knife or like your little spatula like the metal one and kind of like run it around the whole thing to kind of pry it up and yeah and then you and then you would then do the top so that is that is a good way if you're like wanting to get those sharp edges and that's a good way to like kind of have a guide so that's all that's a good option okay i wasn't putting it on the bottom yeah, you have to have top bottom. Yep. <laughs> like, otherwise, it's not working. <laughs> otherwise, it will probably be a little lopsided. So yeah, top and bottom. Okay. okay. Do you have any tips on how to elevate the cake, like decoration wise? Like, if is there something simple we can do that makes it look professional? Yeah. So doable? I mean, I don't know if the drip is going out now. <laughs> it used to be really in, but that is Wait, a good way. Are to- there like trends like that? Yeah, there are there yeah. are cake trends. Yeah, the drip didn't used to be a thing, and then it was all the rage. And now, now I'm what are you seeing? I I feel like I'm seeing like just super clean, straight, mm. simple. Simple seems mm. to be more mm. of the trend right now. But yeah, I I still love a good drip. Um, it's a good way to to kind of make it look different and yummy, melty. You know, it's just kind of a good way to elevate it. And with the drip, you just take chocolate chips and some heavy cream put that in the microwave and get it to be melted and it's hard to kind of describe the consistency that you're looking for but you want it to drip off the spoon sort semi-thick but not yeah you don't want it to be like watery so and then i use a spoon actually to 
I just kind of hold the spoon on the top of the cake and let it kind of drip down and move my spoon along the cake until I get the the full cake with the drips. So that is... Maybe you should take a special video just for us when you yes. decorate your cakes tomorrow because it's cake day tomorrow, everybody, when we're it recording is. this. And I am doing um, a white, white drip, so that would... Perfect. Will you record some that we can share with our listeners, our yeah, friends on exactly. Instagram? Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, so that's a fun thing to do. Also... Just piping like squirrels on top. I like to, whatever I have in the center, I kind of like to incorporate on the top. So, for example, with my peach crisp Like the cake, layers center? Yeah, in yeah in, in between the layers. So I have the crumble okay. in between the layers. And then I, I put the crumble on the top of the cake too, just like in a little circle around the top. And that's okay. kind of a fun way to make it tie it all in and make it look nicer and... Um, yummier so adding the elements from the inside to the top if if you can you know yeah so i i do like a chocolate peanut butter cake where i have reese's there and i i'll take like a reese's and cut it in half and then do like a swirl and then half of reese's swirl half of reese's and kind of do that pattern along the top so those are just some ideas for what to do at the end fun i love it i'm so hungry now all these sound so amazing and i really love how you've talked about kind of the endless possibilities of even elevating boxed cake mixes or coming up with our own flavor combinations and really like what could go wrong with cake i mean i know that there's a lot of people out there making really perfect beautiful cakes and those are super fun and for us like amateurs it's also just fun to play around with and like make things that taste good and and look okay as well i feel like yeah definitely given me some tips for thinking about for taking my cake to the next level oh good i yeah i really feel like it's something that anyone can do like i don't know it's just exciting to think about what's your favorite dessert what's something you love and how can you create it in cake form and you know add the element of crunch put it on the top and you'll have a great cake sydney thank you so much for these wonderful tips and thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your evening with us. I know tomorrow, like I said, is cake day. So you've got a lot of cake ahead of you. Yes. <laughs> so we appreciate you taking the time away. Oh, it was good to chat with you as always. <laughs> thanks for getting us excited about this baking season. I know I'm inspired. Woo-hoo. Yes, let's right. do it. I'm excited. Okay. Well, thanks, Sydney. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was super fun. And now I feel very inspired to try some new flavors in the kitchen. And I feel like have a little bit more fun than I don't know. I mean, not that I've really been doing much in the kitchen. I'm excited to get back in the kitchen yeah, and try yeah. some new things. And I'm excited about that breadstick recipe. Oh, it's a good one. Pretty soon. Yeah, it's a good one. And let me just give a little bit more detail on that. You roll it out to like the size of your sheet pan. So the breadsticks are as long as your sheet pan can be, you can always cut them in half, but my mom used to make them really long, the length of that pan. And then, um, they're all floppy and fluffy, crispy on the outside. So yes, I do recommend that recipe. So excited for you all to try it out. Um, what do you feel like you're inspired to make after this chat? Yeah, I feel like we've been eating a lot of soups and salads lately. And so adding some fun bread, I know would excite my children and honestly would excite me as well. So I'm excited about that. But then I think it will be fun to 
make some cakes. I was just telling you and your sister off air that for my daughter's birthday party, we are going to make, she's going to have three friends over. So we're going to make four mini cakes, two tier mini cakes for them to decorate because she wants her birthday party to be like a cake decorating competition. And she wants us to take the contestants aside and interview them about their design inspiration and things like that. So yeah, so and we're just gonna I'm just gonna set out a bunch of piping bags with frosting and sprinkles and go to that Walmart baking section and Mm -hmm. get whatever looks like fun and just let them have fun designing their cakes. So that will be fun. That will probably be the first cake experience that I make. But then after that, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna have to try some of these fruity cake flavors because they sound really delicious. I think that that birthday party sounds so fun. The girls are going to have a blast, no doubt. Who doesn't want to just decorate an already made cake? Exactly. That's the most fun part, right? Yes. I feel excited to lean into the season a little bit more. I like to really draw my inspiration from each month I feel like evokes a certain flavor, feeling, and this month is all about apples in my mind. I'm sure I've said it here before. (laughs) September is for apples. October is for pumpkin. So I'm excited to make, uh, we were talking again after we stopped recording about one of my favorite apple cakes. Sydney says that next month she's going to find her inspiration from apples. And I don't know. I just, I need to make an apple cake now because those are fun. Those are fun. So my favorite cake, apple cake is, I think there's like six shredded apples in the cake and then cinnamon, cream cheese frosting, and there's this warm butter sauce that's made with brown sugar, melted butter, and cream. It's not boiled together, but it's definitely all um, cooked together. Uh, And then you just drizzle it over the top, so it's Mm. ooey-gooey delicious. So, yes, I'm excited to start baking and leaning into this cozy, cozy season that's right in front of us, Michelle. Yes, I'm very excited, too. All right. We'll maybe share some of our creations with you. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Ne- never any guarantees with the Instagram. I but know, I know. Sometimes <laughs> it just puts too much pressure on it. And it's not fun anymore. And then it's like, no. Yeah. But sometimes. So maybe, we'll, maybe. maybe you'll see us. <laughs> if not, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.